1981, there was a murder so shocking that it changed the entertainment world forever, yet the killer was never brought to justice. Now, almost 40 years later, we're reopening the case, reviewing old leads as well as new evidence, to try and make sense of a killing which gave rise to a massacre. The who, what, why, and how of when video killed the radio star. Welcome to the Radio Star Murders. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Radio Star Murders. This is a podcast where we are going back in time to figure out if radio did, in fact, or video rather, kill the radio star. We're going to be analyzing music videos. And today, we are going to be talking about My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion because we're continuing. This is the penultimate of our movie-themed music videos we're going to be talking about. So, all the past uh, ones that we've talked about have had to do with the theme song to major motion pictures. This one, of course, is to James Cameron's Titanic it's Celine Dion, My Heart Will Go On. I'm joined by Clay. Clay, how are you? I'm good. Uh, I'm looking forward to revisiting this song as it was a uh, cultural uh, touchstone of my youth that I never totally uh, appreciated at the time because I was a early teenage man and did not want to admit that I liked Celine Dion or Titanic. Uh, I still don't like Titanic, but this song <laughs> this song slaps, as the kids say. <laughs> Um, we'll probably disagree then, but I'll get into it by just describing the video. <laughs> you have no, you have no heart. I have no, I have no heart to go, to go on. Uh, I'll describe the video. The video is, uh, the video is a Cliff's Notes version of the Titanic film interspliced with Celine Dion doing her high school yearbook photo shoot. Um, <laughs> and that's pretty much all it is. I, I, I might feel comfortable saying this is the worst visual music video we've seen so far. Um, in terms mm. of work that was done. But let's start off with the song, I guess, because that's the way we do things. So you like My Heart Will Go On. Do you want to explain? Uh I think it's I think it's just a good I think it's a good song. It's I it's the video and the song, uh, it looks it seems very much like they went back and they looked at the video and the song for uh I Will Always Love You from the Bodyguard and said, Can we just do that? Because mm-hmm. the videos are almost identical. And the songs are almost identical, at least as far as like the where the the swell comes and 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 the way the songs are structured and everything. They're very very similar. Um, this one at least, this video at least has uh, Celine Dion on a boat instead of uh, just sitting in a chair like Backstage. the other one does. Yep. yep. Um, but yeah, I think they're very similar, and it's just there's. I think the song is probably. It, this was going to be interesting to talk about because I actually think the video is I enjoy I, I would rather watch the video than watch the movie because I do not like Titanic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the video and the song you get the visuals from the movie and the song uh, elicit that emotional response that the movie yes is it's is very, building it's very towards good at that yeah yeah very much quicker and much more effectively. Um, but the song itself I don't think it really unless you know what it's from i don't really know if it it would have a lot of staying power frankly i think Uh, you compared it to whitney houston's and i will always love you i think like 
I think that the, I Will Always Love You is like the pinnacle of this kind of song. Um, yes, yes. So everything is always kind of going to be secondary to it. We When we did A Star is Born, we both said that her ending song, uh, Lady Gaga's final song, is very reminiscent of I Will Always Love You, but it's not mm-hmm. quite as good. And um, yeah, I, I would say that like this is like a... I, I would describe this song in the video, uh, especially if you're comparing it to Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You, as like a white 60-year-old executive's idea of what that song is, sort of, <laughs> where Celine uh, Celine Dion, I think she has a pretty voice. Like, mm-hmm. it's inarguable that she has a very pretty voice. She is not a soulful singer, I, I wouldn't say. And yeah, it, yeah. it's like, I think her voice is actually custom-built. She did Beauty and the Beast before this, the theme song for that. Mm-hmm. Her voice is kind of built for Disney-esque theme song uh, sounds. Like... It's not particularly soulful. It's pretty, and it works well in context of being like a a soundtrack to a uh, a movie. But I wouldn't want to listen to her music outside of that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I uh, I don't know how you could make it through like an album of Celine Dion music. Uh, I think she's got a great voice, a lot of power, but um, it's all very samey. And yeah, there's not a lot of lot of lot of heart to it. Um, yeah, after like by like the third song, I, you'd just be like banging your head against the table for something different. Yeah. Well, um, it, it's funny that you mentioned that the, you thought the Whitney Houston was just her sitting in a chair. I think that that music video is much better at capturing the emotion of the song than this one is. Like for I, I would agree. Yeah, I think she's well. I think Whitney Houston is a better, a better, actor. yeah, a better, a better actor, yeah. singer, and yeah, everything like that. Yeah, because yeah, the the visuals of Celine Dion in this one are just very, like you said, it feels very high school yearbooky. It's a lot of like, um, you know, giving herself a hug and tilting to the side as the camera sort of like pans by. Slowly. Yeah, there's a fan on the medium setting, ten feet away yeah. from her. Yeah. With one of those those gradient red gradient backgrounds or blue gradient backgrounds behind them, and then there's that one shot where she's holding a football. Yeah, <laughs> the laser beam, the laser beam yeah. background. Yeah, it's extra twenty dollars for that Titanic background. I I think that this is. I always think of Chuck Klosterman has a thing about like um, some love songs. He was just making the point, which I'm going to butcher, is that like Coldplay to him is like the epitome of a bad love song writing band mm-hmm. where. Mm-hmm. They write a love song that no one really relates to, but you're it's more like you're writing a song based on what a popular conception of love would be. Yes. And I kind of feel that way about this one. Like I think all love songs have to be simple. I don't think there's a very like there's no great progressive rock love song, I don't think. Uh you you kind of need the simple feeling-based uh songwriting to it. And I think that this one definitely has it. I just think it's really it's almost borderline too bland for here. Yeah. Like the the idea think, is very much a love song. Let's write it out. It's got like you know, it's got like ten words in it total, and she just repeats it over and over again. And it swells to the end. Yeah, I think I think the structure of the song is very good. Like I mean, much like I will always love you, and that you know that final crescendo uh, key change is fantastic. Yeah, it's what you're waiting uh, for no, the whole time to yeah, get to that. Yeah, it's not quite I will always love you, but it's pretty damn good. But the lyrics to this song are fucking terrible. They are really, really bad. Like yep. the fr- the first two lines of the song both end with g- the, wor- the the words "go on." Like it's not even a rhyme. It's just they're using the same phrase again. Yeah. And you know the 
the pre-chorus and stuff. You're here. There's nothing I fear. It's just really trite, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> you and it's open really, the door. Yeah, yeah. It's really elevated by her performance and her voice and yeah. the, the atmosphere and the emotion that the music puts into it. Um, but as far as, like, it's not it's not Percy Sledge getting on stage and improvising when a man loves a woman. Let's put it that way. Right, yeah. Did you know that's how that song was written, which fucking blows my mind? He just sort of improvised it on the spot? Yeah, he no. was he was going through a divorce or something, or, like, he had a falling out with this woman he was in love with. And so he he was he was on stage and he said to the band just just play me like a like a, a a slow blues thing or something I just need to get something off my chest and then he fucking improved the entirety of when a man loves a woman <laughs> which is amazing <laughs> yeah I I it it definitely doesn't have uh, this song doesn't have that edge to it I suppose it's a uh, apparently the music was written first the music was the theme yeah, makes sense uh, to the uh movie it was the soundtrack or the like the scoring to it they wanted to have a single that they could put out so they hired celine dion to go and sing the song that they wrote and put it on top of it um yeah it's just it it, it feels it, it feels very much like the core it feels very much like it was designed to do that kind of and like i, yeah. I would agree with you that the, the bridge i think we're going to get here too is that it's so linked to the movie at this point mm-hmm. that it's impossible to not hear the song and think about the movie and you know i you said you didn't like titanic i haven't seen titanic in a long time based purely on the cliff's notes version of the the movie that you get for this video it, it's a pretty like to not say anything about the quality of the movie it's a pretty um it's a pretty like effective story i think yeah. there's something yeah. about the titanic and this like the disaster and like finding love on that disaster and then dying at the end. And I always thought that the Titanic was, would be the second scariest accident to go on outside of a plane crash. Like there's something really terrifying about it and it's really effective at that. And it's like a plane crash where there's more suspense to it. Where it's, it's, a, it's like a the plane has long crashed. Plane crash. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. The plane has crashed, but that's not what's going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think that, I think, um, the song does that. It's it's so linked at this point. This is like one of the biggest songs of all time, apparently, yeah. too. Uh, yeah. She, what does it says here? The worldwide sales are 18 million copies. It was the second highest single by a female artist in recording history. So, you know what the first was? I don't know. I would assume it's Whitney Houston. It does not say. Oh, I can yeah. look that up. But what, what do you think about how it ties into the uh, the movies? Yeah, I think it's... Uh, uh... Yeah, it's completely linked to the movie. I, I, I would be interested to see if there are people now who have come across this song independent from the movie. Like, you know, if you're doing a deep dive on Celine Dion or whatever, mm. uh, and, and, and have the same response to it that, that it, people had at the time. I mean, the answer is probably most definitely no. Cause it's such a cultural zeitgeist moment with yeah. the Titanic and the song and everything. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I, I don't think it, it, holds the same power the whole the same space without the movie definitely um do you think that it's do you think that it's age like i think but like i was looking at contemporary reviews of the song and everything and Mm -hmm. contemporary when it came out they're like what a great what a great tune what a great movie what a great film and I, i think i think both the movie and the song have not aged well 
yeah, I actually noticed that watching the video. I was like, man, I mean, it, this is still an amazing feat of filmmaking, but some of those boat shots look a little rickety yes. as far as like the CGI go. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I was thinking as I was watching the video, I was like, I'm surprised James Cameron hasn't done like a a, a remaster, re-release of the. It, he'd probably make he probably make another billion dollars if they were like, yeah, we punched up all the effects on Titanic. We're putting it in theaters again for the next week. Yeah, yeah, because the the practical stuff still holds up. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's it's really there's that one pan where the famous shot where they're on the bow of the ship and he's holding her mm-hmm. and the camera pans around them. It looks really bad in the background. Yeah, it as does. Panning. Yeah. Um, I uh, I was I was thinking. Um, as this movie has always felt to me where James Cameron fully took the step into caring more about pushing the visual bra- the visual technology boundaries than he did about the story he was telling mm-hmm. because this it's not a bad story i mean it's fine you know it's the love story is just a tragedy or whatever but the movie's so long and like if if the story that they're telling is actually pretty pretty thin um the emphasis is absolutely on the, the the sinking of the ship and everything. Yeah, um, and it's and I felt the same way about Avatar, where it's like, yeah, sure, he's he's moved the the filmmaking technology stick forward a bunch of yards, but I'm I'm basically watching like a, a less good version of of Pocahontas mm-hmm. or, or uh, Dances with Wolves um, with giant blue cat people and. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can tell that it's that movie in particular feels like, well, let's just give them the simplest story we can possibly come up with. So then they can focus on how crazy our visuals are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, I feel like movie making has moved past that. I'm, I'm really interested to see how these, uh, avatar sequels that he's been working on end up faring when they finally come out, because I feel like the integration of, of effects and, and filmmaking, and story has has is leaps and bounds past what it was when Avatar came out. Right. So unless he's gonna like blow everybody's mind in a technological way again, uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's. I don't know if the the market is there for Avatar two at this point. But yeah. who knows? Yeah. I mean, it's it's weird because it's one of the highest grossing movies of all time, but no one talks about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I still don't get it. But you yeah. Know, whatever. Yeah. I I remember when it came out, people were very excited about it. It appealed to a certain kind of blockbuster fan i think who really liked those kind of um 3d was new at the time relatively mm-hmm. oh, yeah that's true yeah. it's like yeah who cares but like i i would not to i mean this is a music video podcast so we don't have to talk about movies the whole time like we do in everything else mm. but uh i mean after watching uh a, a F- infinity war and endgame like the those things are just so masterfully well done as far as uh, integrating special effects and the story that they were telling and all that kind of stuff. That I think that whatever Avatar is doing has has a very high bar that they ha- they have to get over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've come a long way, but our hearts will go on. Uh, so, is <laughs> is this is, is this the worst music video we've done so far? I thought it was pretty bit. Like I, it was really it's just definitely the least thought through. Let's put it that way. Like it's definitely like we have a camera and Celine Dion for like fifteen minutes. Right. We have a uh, rough cut of the movie. <laughs> um, yeah. We'll 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 cut this up a little bit more. Do yeah, you think seems... this is a worse video than I? I mean, I think it's a worse video than the Cindy Lauper one because that one at least was fun to watch. But you, I, you didn't seem to enjoy that video at all. No, I didn't. But that one at least took a little bit of work. This one took no work. Yeah. Like. Celine Dion, I don't think she changes outfits, right? She's she's nope. like it's like one take that she did that, and they just switched the 
uh, green screen background and then had that one shot where they moved her to the fake uh, like railing of the ship. Uh, that's yeah. that's like the extent of it. It's it's really like they, they put a um, disco ball and her stood behind it and they just kind of beamed white light off of it in some of the shots. Yeah. It's really cheap. Like it, the Michael Jackson Rock With You video right. where it's just him in a mirror <laughs> suit standing so, in front of like a laser. <laughs> so I think that the video... Uh, the video actually does damage to the song in some ways, although j- just because of the sheer laziness of it. But like uh, yeah. in terms of uh, what it was trying to do, which was sell the movie, you'd have no problem identifying what movie this is supposed to be working yeah. with. You know, it's it's all movie. Yeah, I think it's a weird split actually for this one because the Celine Dion parts of the of the video definitely don't help the song, but seeing the clips from the movie absolutely help the song. Yeah. Uh, because it immediately puts you in that, that the mindset of the, that movie and the context that, that it was, it was created for. And, you know, like I said, it's, it's a, it's a very quick, quick, effective recap of the emotional beats of the movie. And it works pretty well. Um, I actually, I, I, I mentioned this before we started when I, I, when I went to watch this video, the first one I clicked on was like a very, it was a very tight re- retelling of the movie, like starting from the beginning with where they find the boat and everything. And uh, I was watching it going like, wow, this is this is really good. This is much better than the movie because they just cut it down to like the most essential storytelling beats. And we're just telling the story of the movie through this video with this music on top. And it was really effective. And then I realized about halfway through that Celine Dion hadn't shown up yet. And I realized I was watching a fan video. <laughs> oh, well, and mate. I kind of... I kind of wish they had just put that out as the video because it was really good <laughs> and didn't didn't have the, uh, you know, Celine Dion on a uh, uh, gradient, an uh, illustrator gradient background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I, I was I was my main takeaway is I was struck by how well it hasn't really uh, how well it has not aged sort of like it feels how well it has not aged how how poorly it has aged i think okay, uh, it would right. be a better way to say that <laughs> how poorly the uh, the song has aged in context like it's still very evocative of how you how you feel about the movie as you say but i think it I, i'm not convinced it's a very good song i think um yeah. nobody's i mean if you want to compare it to uh i will always love you nobody's going to be playing this at their wedding i don't think anymore. Yeah. they probably did quite a bit <laughs> during, like during that five years probably after titanic yeah. came out i wouldn't be surprised yeah yeah but i think uh, uh i will always love you will be a a a staple for a very long time in a way that this probably will not yeah yeah i'd agree with that so in conclusion do you think that the uh, the video helps or hinders this song did the uh did video kill the radio star uh for me like i said i this is the first split decision i think where um Half yes, half no. Because mm-hmm. uh, the Celine Dion stuff doesn't help, but the Titanic stuff absolutely helps. So it's it's a it's a it's a split for me. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I guess I'm kind of the same. It'll be interesting when we compare it to the one that's coming up after this. But mm-hmm. um, I, I I think the video kind of hurts. Maybe like I, I'm really um the memory I have out of is mostly how half-assed the production of the music video was. Um, yeah. Really, not much effort put into it. However, it's one of those things that I guess if your content is good enough, it doesn't matter how much effort you put into it. Uh, people are going to love it, and that's what this turned out to be, I suppose. She's, um, I think she's only done one Jim Steinman song, but she is, she's a great Jim Steinman singer because she's got that power 
but she doesn't really have a ton of like a like heart to it, like you were saying. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's a good fit for his kind of bombast. Um, and yeah, she she's uh she's she's interesting. I, I'm glad that she has her own her residency going in Las Vegas or whatever. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I don't I don't miss her on the radio. No, yeah, I suppose that's a good way to put it. Well, I think that's it, uh, Clay. We're I'm glad be, she's gone. We've got our one last uh, movie-themed episode coming up. Do you want to say what that is? We will be covering the uh, 1984 epic music video Ghostbusters by Ray Parker Jr. Yep. So you guys can look forward to that. Which, if you want to see half-assed music videos, watch the Let's Ghostbusters see. video. <laughs> look no further. I get. We'll have a. Uh, We'll have something to um, talk about there, I suppose, in the context of that one. They, they pair nicely. My heart will go on in Ghostbusters. They do, yes. Uh, so, yeah, that's it. Guys, support the show by following us on the social media, all that stuff. All the links are down below. Thank you very much for listening, and we will be back next week with Ray Parker Jr.'s Ghostbusters.